0: I can't tell you how many times I have sat with some of you and others from our other congregation in Dix Hills and and other people from the community who have come to, to me and through tears finally said these words, I just want to be happy. What is happiness? What is the happiness that we are looking for? What does that look like? I think a lot of times our idea of what happiness looks like is the win and then philosophy. You ever heard of that term before? The win and then philosophy on happiness? It goes like this When I get that promotion, then I'll be happy. When I finally meet a spouse, then I'll be happy. When we have kids, finally, then we'll be happy. When our kids finally move out of the house, then I'll be happy. When you think about the win and then philosophy, what is it for you? What is your win and then philosophy on life? Right now, what are you going through? You would just think to yourself if this would just be over, then I'd finally be happy. I want you to think about that. Take a moment to think about it. Is it a promotion? Is it a paper that you, that you have to finish for school eventually? You just want that to be done. Is it finding a spouse? You see, a lot of times our life is like a, a hiker. It's going through the Rocky Mountains, and his goal is to just get to the top of that mountain. And once he gets to the top of that mountain, he knows, he knows that he's going to see the most beautiful view that there is. But then when he gets to the top of the mountain, he sees another mountain. Wow, I'm going to climb to that mountain, and I bet you there's even a more beautiful view over there. And so he climbs to that mountain. He does the same thing, he say, like, "Wow, look at that other mountain. I'm going to climb to that mountain, and there will be the most beautiful view. And all the while, he misses out on the beauty that is found all around him. Today we are looking at Jesus sermon. Today we are looking at Jesus' sermon on the Mount. And a specific part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount called the Beatitudes. And one word you're going to hear repeated over and over again here is blessed. Blessed, blessed, blessed. The word blessed means favored, privileged, happy. So think about that as Jesus goes through this list of happiness, what makes us happy, you're going to find out that his definition of happiness is very different than the world's definition of happiness and even our definition of happiness. Look what he says. Let me go through this again. If you want to open up your uh, bulletins, we'll go through each of these phrases that start with the phrase blessed, the beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is, happy people are those people who are reminded over and over again of our weaknesses, our failures, and our sins. Well, that doesn't sound very happy, does it? The next one, blessed are those who mourn. That is, happy people are those people who grieve over the loss of a loved one. Blessed are the meek. That is, happy people are those people who in a dog-eat-dog world barely get by with getting the scraps, and when people push them around, they don't even fight back. They don't even retaliate. That doesn't sound like the happy ending to any Disney movie I've ever seen. How about you? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That is, happy people are those people who do not try to fill the void in their gut with money and career or even family, but who seek after and find happiness only in God's word and his sacraments that I guarantee you is not the definition of happiness for the majority of people in this world. Blessed are the merciful. That is, happy people are those people who sacrifice their desires and their wants, their, their dreams to help other people achieve their dreams. Blessed are the pure in heart. That is, happy people are those people who never have ulterior motives never have a reason to lie or deceive but who when they make a promise keep a promise blessed are the peacemakers that is happy people are those people who don't only don't start trouble but who also when they're not even involved in a conflict they jump into a conflict in order to cause peace and then blessed are the persecuted I don't even think I have to explain that one. That one just sounds miserable, doesn't it? See, all of these, Jesus gives us a snapshot of happiness, and what we notice is that this is the complete opposite of what we would define as happiness. In fact, you would say that this is actually a better definition of misery, wouldn't you? How is it possible that Jesus' definition of happiness, the Bible's definition of happiness, is so different from the world's definition of happiness. How is that even possible? And the answer is sin. Sin turned this world upside down in every way, shape, and form so that even happiness is confused. Do you remember what happened in the very first sin in the Garden of Eden, how Satan worked to turn everything upside down? He tried to convince Adam and Eve that God was actually being unloving and was deceiving them and was holding something back from them. And that he was trying to convince them that he was actually being very loving and he was going to let them in on some extra information. And so Adam and Eve ate the fruit. And they were able to experience good and evil rather than just know about it. But it didn't give them the happiness that they had hoped for. Since that time, this world has had an upside down idea of what happiness is, and and so often it's not just the world, it's even us. You and me who, who strive after things that are going to maybe give us some temporary happiness, but not that profound deep happiness that's going to life for a lifetime or even an eternity. So we go after things like money and career and family, and anything that we can get our hands on to provide us with that temporary happiness. Go back to that question I asked you before, the when and then philosophy. What, what did you come up with for yourself? When this happens, then you'll finally be happy. What was it? Do you remember? Did any of you list one of the things that Jesus mentioned here in this list? Did any of you think to yourself, when I'm finally persecuted and insulted, then I will be happy? Did any of you say that? No. Did any of you say, well, when someone finally humbles me and just tears down my pride, then I will be happy? Anybody say that? No. Right. My point to bring this up is that even though we are believers, sin continues to flow through our veins and affects even our very thoughts And ideas of what happiness is and where it can be found. And so, what I want you to see as you look at this list of Beatitudes is not a to do list of what to do in order to achieve happiness. What I want you to see first and foremost is your own weakness. Because that's when you get to see your strength. Your strength is found only in your Savior. So I want you to read through these Beatitudes one more time. Let's do it together. And I want you to look at it now from a different perspective. Look what it says again. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. As our Savior understood the seriousness of sin, even though we always don't. That's why he came into this world. Blessed are the meek. Our Savior humbled himself from the highest high and brought himself down to the lowest low because we refused to. Blessed are the merciful, it says. Our Savior showed the greatest amount of mercy by coming into this world and saving us from an eternity in hell. Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus never had a reason to lie. He never had ulterior motives. He was only and always focused on one thing, that was going to the cross to save us and remove our sins. Blessed are the peacemakers, it says. He didn't need to get involved in our war with sin, but he came into this world anyways, and he went right into the crossfire to save us, Was Jesus happy to take our place and suffer for us in our place? Yes, he was. But did Jesus have a big smile on his face as he was hanging there on the cross suffering? No, I I really doubt it. But was he happy to be there for us? Yes, he was. That is true happiness. He removes your misdirection and he... He he forgives our inability to constantly strive for what actually does give us happiness. And like a little baby who is crawling towards the top of a staircase, about to tumble all the way over, our Savior patiently picks us up and moves us in a different direction to save us. To point us in the direction of what true happiness is and what it looks like. See, when you today, when you came and you opened up your bulletin and you saw that the focus of our sermon, focus of our whole service today was to look at the key to true happiness, I don't think any of you are surprised to find out that the answer is that old Sunday school answer, Jesus, right? That Sunday school answer continues to remain true for us today as adults. But I do want you to think about what that happiness is and what it looks like. Happiness is not just about putting a big grin on your face that goes from ear to ear. Happiness is not just about putting a warm, fuzzy feeling in your tummy. No. True happiness is actually very different. I was on the subway the other day going from here to Manhattan, and an older woman jumped on the same car that I was on, and she put on quite a production, quite a show. She started by saying, I am so happy. I cannot take this smile off my face because that's how happy I am. And she continues to go on this rant for for a couple of minutes at least, and she talks about how she no longer has any worries or problems or frustrations. And she's only smiling every minute of every day, and she ends by saying, and it's all because of Jesus. And I thought to myself, boy, if anybody actually listens to her, they are going to be incredibly disappointed. Jesus did not come into this world to put a smile on your face 24-7. He did not come into this world to put warm, fuzzy feelings into your tummy. He did not come into this world to remove all of your problems and frustrations. He actually promises just the opposite. He makes these promises here. He says again, He promises that you will be poor in spirit, that you will understand the seriousness of your sin. He he promises that people will die around you and you will mourn. He promises that you will be meek and humble. He promises that uh, that you will be merciful and put aside your wants for the desires of others. He promises that you will be persecuted and insulted at times. But there are other promises that go along with it. Did you catch the second part of each of those beatitudes? The promises there? He promises that we will have the kingdom of heaven. He promises that we will be comforted. He promises that we will inherit the earth. He promises that our hunger will be filled. He promises that we will be shown mercy. We will see God. We will be called sons of God and have our reward in heaven. And we will receive all of those things. Not because we understood the seriousness of our sin. Not because we were that poor in spirit. Not because we were pure in heart and never told a lie. We will receive those things because our Savior, who saw our weakness, became our strength. And he traded places with us. He came into this world to save us. And that's where we see our strength, in our Savior. that's where we see our happiness. True happiness is found living a life in the shadow of the cross. True happiness is found living a life in the shadow of the cross. So as you consider what happiness is, it focuses our attention to the very end, to the day when we are finally called into heaven, to be there forever. And all the problems of this life, the worries, the the frustrations that we deal with, they will finally be gone. And you can apply that win and then philosophy at that time. When I get to heaven, then I will be truly happy. I really will be, and so will you. But our Savior also gives us joy now. Happiness now. And you could apply the when and then philosophy by saying, when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, then I became truly happy. what does that happiness look like? It doesn't look like a person who constantly has a a fake smile on their face all day long. It looks like this, what Jesus says in our lesson. Happiness looks like a person who is, just go down the list again, a person who is poor in spirit, who grieves over the sins that they commit day after day, and yet at the end of the day can say and declare, mine is the kingdom of heaven, because of my Savior who removed all my sins. Happiness looks like a person who mourns the loss of a loved one, but who finds comfort in the fact that because their Savior lived and died and rose, so also my loved one who died in faith died and will rise again someday too. Happiness looks like a person who is meek and humble, who who works hard, but doesn't push other people down in order to get ahead in life because the number one priority for us is not success in this life success that we already have because of our Lord and Savior. Happiness looks like someone who fills the void in their life not with more electronics or money or family or career. Happiness looks like the person who fills the void in their life with the promises that are found only in God's word in the sacrament. Happiness looks like someone who has he says a pure heart who never has a reason to lie or deceive or to have ulterior motives, who when they make a promise, keeps that promise, because in the end they're not trying to please other people. Rather, they see every moment of their life as an opportunity to say thank you to their God for sending a Savior and saving them. Happiness looks like someone who is a peacemaker who forgives other people their sins when they sin against them, and who does not hold a grudge, no matter what the circumstances, because they know and recognize that their Savior did the same thing for them, but to a greater degree. Happiness looks like someone who is persecuted at times and who suffers, and even though that happens, they can at the end of the day rejoice because they know that their victory is found only in Christ. key to true happiness is living a life in the shadow of the cross of Christ. That's where true happiness is found. Amen.